0: Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Ward Christ, Chief Advisor for HR Tech Advisor. So hello there, Ward. How are you?
2: Hello, doing great for this Monday, and I really appreciate having me on and look forward to collaborating on the conversation.
1: Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Ward's based on the East Coast of the US over in, what, near Philadelphia, right?
2: Yeah, a town called Westchester. And if you've ever heard of QVC, that's where it started and continues to, to run, that's probably our... Biggest known brand here in, in town. Very good.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation because you have very uh, interesting work. And let's dive right in. Can you tell me a little bit about you and your background and what brought you to this point and HR Tech Advisor?
2: And yeah, absolutely. I guess, how, how long do we have to uh, run here? Two hours? Uh, that should be <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving my age away a bit. Um, it's actually coming up on 30 years in the HR tech space, if wow. you believe that. Started in grade school, and no, I actually started in uh, fresh out of engineering school. I was actually a practicing engineer, building plutonium factories and nuclear power plants and really? things like that. And actually, it was kind of boring. But what I did enjoy was starting a internal talent network at the engineering firm because, as the junior engineer at the time, they would put together proposals for different projects, and I know you know, your business is to how to get more HR clients, right? So we were focused on getting clients and they would always send me down to HR to find the resumes for the people on the project team. And boy, what an eye-opening experience. You know, if I found the resumes, they were dog-eared and paper back then. And, <laughs> and I said, you know, there's these things called computers now. We could keep the resumes in the computer and print out new ones whenever we need to send out the uh, proposals. And they were like, really, why don't you start a TQM project on that? And, and I did. And that kind of got me hooked on the industry and realized that there's a lot that could be done leveraging the computers. And then also, as I was bringing on different people for the committee to look at that talent network. I went to IT and said, hey, you know, you guys are starting to network the computers internally. Can you help? And they said, yeah, yeah. Speaking of networks, check this out. And this is 1990, by the way. Mm -hmm. He shows me this terminal. He pulls up, he goes, look, I'm logging into the University of Pennsylvania right now, you know, at Wharton School uh, on this thing called the internet. I'm like, internet, what's that? (laughs) And I tell you, I got bit real hard there. I was like, this is awesome. And, you know, from there, I I haven't left the talent and recruiting technology, you know, now often known as HR tech. And it's been great. It's been a fabulous ride.
1: Yeah. And was that the last time you were let into the HR department as an engineer that made you convert at that point?
2: Well, no, I had to leave actually to start a business. I, I moonlighted for a bit running a dial-up bolt-in board system, if you ever heard of that, BBS, wow. called Online Opportunities. I launched that in the summer of 1992. And then in 1994, I left, uh, well, I guess I left in 93. I have to look at my own LinkedIn profile to (laughs) remember all these things. But then, yeah, I started running that full-time, selling subscriptions to employers to post their jobs and to, to review resumes online that people would upload, you know, through their computers and modems. And it wasn't until 1994 that and I was tracking it, but uh, the internet wasn't even commercialized until 1994. And that's when I took out the name jobnet.com and, and built the job board business, ran that to about a million dollars, wow. raised $3 million with some angels, and we're just going out to market with some new global things that were pretty awesome. And then the dot-com crash in 9-11 was kind of a one-two punch and all the investors that were going to line up for you know, formal Series A round VCs and support, they just mm. panicked and froze up and uh, that kind of changed my plan. So years into other things, the rest is pretty well documented on, I think on my LinkedIn profile, but um, that's kind of the the early days. And yeah, it was one of the first 500 commercial internet sites. Uh, Matter of fact, when I went to registered domain, it took two weeks to get it processed back then, if you believe it. (laughs) And I I went, but you could look up online to see what was available. And I said, well, I'm in the jobs business. So I typed in jobs.com and it said it was available i'm like this is cool uh, of course i had no idea what that meant then but yeah. uh turns out somebody applied for jobs.com two weeks before i did and they were in the queue the approval queue i'm not sorry i'm sorry not two weeks two days before i applied and they got it and when i checked two weeks later why didn't my application go through they said, oh, somebody got the Domain name before you, you know, two days before. I'm like, oh, okay. So I picked JobNet and the rest is history. Gosh.
1: I have to admit, I'm having a little back to the future moment, you know, with the sports almanac and going back into time. I'm wondering, oh, if I could go back and buy <laughs> the coke.com or something like that.
2: Right. I uh, know, right. Yeah, it was, um, well, and they were pretty picky back then. You couldn't have more than one commercial domain name uh, under your business. And Really? you couldn 't register org or any of that stuff now, of course it 's kind of pretty much Obviously. everything goes. It seems the
1: dot com bust that must have been a, a real roller coaster time
2: yeah, it was pretty yeah it was <laughs> let 's put it this way I learned a lot, which is paying off for our clients now because you know the mistakes i 've made i of course advising clients how not to make those mistakes and right. and of course you know what they should do to make things successful and You know, one of the things back, it's amazing still today, it's unbelievable how many HR tech startups are, oh, we're going to, you know, recruiting's broken. We're going to fix it. We're going to have this resume database that does matching this and that and search. And, you know, looking back 1997, University of Pennsylvania and some other big employers in the Philadelphia area where we were running the job board, they, they liked our resume database. said, hey, you know, could you help us? store our own resumes we're getting from applications into a private area of your database. And we said, sure. So we built it and, you know, it was pretty great and it kind of occurred to me that other companies would also want to have a private resume database. Right. And yeah. so we built that into the bolt board system. We used some of the 3 million we raised to build this platform called my job and basically it was a job board in a box and you could set it up for free, you pay as you go a, a dollar a job to post to your own website or you know for people to see it yeah. and twenty five cents a resume, so you you know if you're familiar with pay per click these days, it's yeah. a popular model. We were pay per applicant, basically, which is also kind of taking off now magically <laughs> uh, yeah, pay per applicant, imagine that, so we were doing it back then. we had this free job board in a box that people could set up in literally like fifteen seconds and just pay for usage and then as i mentioned earlier the dot-com crash in 911 kind of one two punched us down uh and uh but you know it was there's it was quite an experience and there's still the companies building those kind of things every day it's kind of neat i was just thinking
1: that this is crazy i mean what are you you're talking about 94 1996 around there did you say
2: we started the private database in 97 so, and um, but my job in the early 2000s yeah sure
1: but there's there's so much in the ats and the applicant job talent application space in the tech world it's mm-hmm. it blows my mind a bit that you you were just driving that forward at 2000 well, in, or all before exactly
2: in, in some ways it was before its time mm. um, you know but people liked it because if you didn't get, you know, you posted an ad and you didn't get any response, you didn't have to pay extra for of it. Of course. Yeah. 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 No risk. And if you did, then it was okay.
1: Yeah. And imagine how much money you could have raised had you had AI or blockchain at the end of the title. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I don't think anybody was even talking about those words. Well, <laughs> certainly not blockchain and AI has been called different things over the years. And, uh, it wasn't around you know, there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, In it's that just form, anyway. amazing. Right. Uh, the, the terminology and the buzzwords that, People magically adopt. Yeah. It keeps it interesting, though, and I imagine part of your strategy work as well as helping people differentiate themselves. And yeah. you know, if everybody's saying AI, maybe it's better if you don't, <laughs> right?
1: Human-driven intelligence. Can I swing then to HR Tech Advisor? Who do you help, and how do you do it?
2: You sure can. And our main client is the executives at the HR Tech companies. Some are HR tech service or combination. And what we do is help them answer the toughest question, which is, do we build by our partner? And, you know, at the end of the day, the executives need to figure out, you know, how much do they invest in those areas? We tend to lean towards the partnering side. That's our main focus. And personally, I've seen a lot of success in the past. But, you know, everybody wants more deals and, you know, leads are great, but, you know, deals are better. So that's what we focus on is helping them drive more deals by collaborating within the industry and working with the different vendors in the space and, you know, trying to figure out, do they build by our partner? And, you know, the biggest success that they usually have is, you know, collaborating with others and, you know, it's exciting. It keeps it interesting. And, you know, we've been from the advisory service side where we're either doing retainer work or, you know, project work, a lot of it tends to tie back to how do we get out in front of the buyers. And uh, we don't do that directly. But, you know, partners that want to go to market together, that's where, you know, we help provide the information, the connections and the collaborations that they can then get more business collaborating with others in the space versus, you know, traditional models been direct sales, you know, you build something that works, you take it out to market, you hire some salespeople and, you know, you just keep swinging away and one by one hoping to, you know, uh, the business from that it's hard it's really hard and with the proliferation of so many HR tech companies Mm -hmm. it's so hard to you know be seen through all the noise or be heard I guess you'd say and you know I think if if you're collaborating with others out there and bringing clients to your partners and vice versa then people can listen because of that interest in, in hearing what a, a current you know vendor or supplier would say, hey, check out our partner here. They've got just what you were talking about. They've got a, a way to solve that problem. And that makes a difference. So that's what we focus on. Sure. And
1: could, could you explain or give some examples of what partnering is and how that actually works in practice?
2: There's a lot of power of partnerships that can deliver, I mentioned like the deals and know the tricky part is there's different types of partnerships and you know there's traditional referral partners right where you're referring different leads and so forth there's resellers there's white label where you know particular products being sold to the market but it's not the the company selling it it's it's labeled uh, with their name on it but somebody else is providing that there's also resellers, which are not very popular in North America, at least in our industry. And then go to market partners, for example, which is our favorite, where you collaborate. We call it solution stacking, where the alliance math comes into play, one plus one equals three. As soon as you put two great solutions together, it's the the sum is greater than the whole the parts how does that go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, it's not much easier, but, you know, back to your question about, you know, what, is, what does that look like? And, you know, the the customers, the the employers and so forth that are trying to sort through all this mess of what's out there and what works, what doesn't, like you said, you know, AI, what has AI, it doesn't matter. You know, they want results. They just want, they want to work less hard and they want to, you know, be able to show management or whoever's noticing, you know, what, what has the HR done for me lately? and you know it's not easy so instead of just guessing or trying to figure it out which they, there's no way they can uh you know they've got to rely on on current vendors and, and suppliers that they trust to to make those referrals uh, you know I, I just don't see it working otherwise ways. can go to conference and so forth that's great but nothing beats a referral from let's say another employer yes that's that's the best one and um you know after that i think is a, a supplier that would make that referral or introduction or, or or an endorsement, you know, even a testimonial. So, you know, what's working in partnerships is when the the vendors help each other by introducing their their customers and even prospects to each other, and that's power partnerships
1: i've interviewed WageStream for this podcast and also on the getmorehrclients.com blog they're an hr tech business but they partner with uh, uh, payroll companies because the payroll companies love what they're doing in terms of um, avoiding mm-hmm. payday loans and so on so that's right. an example i suppose of of what you're talking about there i didn't quite get the solution stacking so that's bundling up related products and services to promote them to employers with-
2: right it's a Go to market strategy and basically you know, employers do that already on their own, either by choice or because it just happens. If you look at the average employer, let's say mid-sized employer, they've got at least a dozen different HR tech systems in-house. Mm. Even the larger companies, it's much bigger. You know, they may have the big names like, you know, ADP, Oracle, SAP, whatever, even you know, workday or whatnot. And the reality is they've got dozens of these HR tech systems in house. So they're, they're solution stacking their own wow. you know, providers. Yep. And most of the time, those vendors don't even know who the other vendors are in that employer until something breaks. <laughs> and you know, when the payroll doesn't flow into the um, you know, payday loan provider, whatever, right. Then when they don't get the information, then it's like, well, Hey, what happened? We can't use that tool now. It's the data's not flowing. And then fingers start pointing and, and then they realize, Oh, well, we didn't even know you were doing that. Right. You're right. I'm sure they don't (laughs) unless
1: perhaps the tech guys, when they're first connecting APIs to something, but
2: well, and that's right. And that's where we focus on the deals we call it a deal API, right? So our job is to bring the vendors together and help the deals flow and there are some providers like Modulus Data and others that do a great job of the data flowing and connecting the systems together. But the, the poor HR practitioner or HR executive, they they don't have, they they have a lot of power because they're the ones paying the bills, but they don't realize the responsibility that they have with that power to make the vendors play nice with each other in the sandbox and, usually the way they execute that power is threatened to fire or actual fire the vendor. And well, that ATS doesn't work. We're going to, you know, get another one that works better. (laughs) You know, with 678 that we're tracking in our database. Yeah. There's a lot to pick from, but they basically, they all can work for most companies, but uh, you know, it's how do you, how do you connect it into the ecosystem? And that's where the magic can work with a good recipe and you know back to solution stacking what i see the future is really helping the vendors create a special recipe whether it be by industry or by geography or perhaps both or even you know size of company and so forth and creating those formulas that, where the, the solutions work well together and satisfy the, you know, the main needs. And having third parties really help do that. And there's a little bit of that happening now, but most of it's centered around the giant ecosystems. You know, so consultants working with like SAP to help implement that system and then connecting up their other disparate HR tools or systems but it tends to be very project oriented, not very much, Hey, let's make a great recipe or, you know, like a chef would take the ingredients that are going to go well together. Um, Sometimes they're just doing what they need to, to get the project done and then, focus on maybe enhancing the flavor later.
1: Sure. So you have an interesting vantage point. What's your advice for HR tech companies on how to grow their indirect sales and partnerships?
2: Yeah, my advice would be to focus on that go-to-market strategy and the indirect sales channel. There's, boy, I've, I've heard from 0% sales to 80 or 90% in HR tech. If you look at other industries, you can learn a lot from them like pharmaceutical where like 80% of their sales tend to go through channel partners and so forth. It's kind of the opposite in our industry, but the, the whole approach though can work really well in terms of go to market together. And, you know, part of what we do is work with the vendors to discover where their partners are going, like events and things like that. We believe the best results can come from events where you have that face-to-face opportunity, where, as I mentioned, ideally, a customer would introduce another customer, like you know, have a customer walk up with, "Hey, I want to introduce you to somebody I used to work with." You know they're looking for your payrolls, uh, payroll system or whatever, right?" Mm-hmm. That's an uh, you know, absolutely the best type of lead you can get, that face-to-face introduction. After that is having a partner come up and introduce you. So how do you get that to happen? How do you make that happen? There's even if you don't have a big budget, so if you're one of the HR Tech vendor executives listening, going, boy, you know, I don't have a lot of money to go to all these different shows and have face to face opportunities with our partners or with their customers and vice versa. Uh, There's something called a marketing development fund, and I'll ask you, Ben, maybe. You want to take a guess what percentage of marketing development funds go unused each year.
1: Unused, wow. I'm sure at the start of the year, everyone has good intentions, but there's probably a fair chunk left over, more than 50%. For
2: I guess across all industries, it's about 40%. For those that don't know what a marketing development fund, and and don't be ashamed because I would say 90% of the people we talk to never heard of it, and very few even know what it is. In our industry, I would say less than ten percent of the vendors even have one. And what it is is, so let's say um, ADP is has you know three hundred vendor partners, and they have a let's say a million dollar marketing development fund. So if they're going to be at a show, let's say next month in Toronto at the HR Tech Summit, let's say they ha- they have a booth there, and they would like some of their partners to go and to have their partners bring their customers, right, to introduce to their sales reps, they could reach out to some partners and say, hey, we've got 50 grand set aside from our marketing development fund for this event. You know, the first five partners each get 10 grand. You know, that should cover your booth and travel and everything. But, you know, we need you to bring some of your customers to that event and introduce them to our sales reps. Right. And, you know, most vendors would be like, done. Yeah. <laughs> you just bought our booth and our travel, done. What do you need? You know, and, and not to mention, if they're a good partner, they already want to bend over backwards for ADP, for example, or whoever their, their partner is. So that's sort of marketing development fund. It's money set aside. It could be for webinars. Doesn't have to be, you know, conferences or expos or, or that kind of thing. And to see 40% of that, if they, had, let's say a million dollars set aside, $400,000 is not being used. That's, you know, short of criminal, right? Uh, who wouldn't want to tap into some of that to, to help, you know, get more of that FaceTime for those high level or high quality type introductions and referrals, right?
1: So you're talking about hidden untapped support for HR tech companies that's sitting out there that could be used. Absolutely. Right.
2: Absolutely. Now, it's not just free money like, oh, yeah, we're going to sign up for their partner program and all of a sudden you get a check in the mail for 50 grand. It doesn't work that way. You do need to drive revenue before they would probably lift a finger. But, you know, let's assume that you've found the right partners and you're working with them and you're helping drive deals for them. They will pay you back in, you know, either direct commissions. Some do that. Some don't. Uh, but you know for referrals and so forth but those that don't they tend to have these marketing development funds where you can have access to additional funds uh, you know again by supporting some of the things that they're already doing that's
1: really interesting what about hr tech advisor the business itself how did you guys get your first few clients and what are your main marketing channels these days
2: yeah that's never easy the first few clients right and you know, the best approach really is in, in our book, you know, f- it, certainly working your personal networks and so forth. But some of the experience I, I had, like, for example, Rollpoint uh, was one I helped launch in the States that came from the UK to Silicon Valley and U.S. market. And we've helped a number of, a lot of clients, actually, at least half of our clients are outside the U.S. trying to break in. Right. And, you know, one of the, first things I look for was who are the early adopters in the case of RollPoint, it was a referral platform, you know, who really embraces talent acquisition and likes to play with new tools. And it's not easy to find them and certainly to connect with them. But, you know, some of the high price consulting that we charge 200, 250 an hour for, I'll share some free advice here as well for your listeners. But one of the things is, to look at some of the different conferences, particularly the smaller conferences, where they would have, let's say, startup competitions or startup presentations, and then they typically have judges that are brought in, and if they are practitioners, like panelists and whatnot, HR Tech Tank is a group that we partner with. Oh yeah, I've been to that. Out of Europe, and yeah, they they start up, uh, they have startups present typically six or eight, startups do a 10 minute pitch and then a panelist or a, a group of panelists give them feedback on the spot you know what they think of the pitch what they think of the product market fit their go-to-market strategy whatever it is and those are the people that you want to reach out to because first they 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 like the new technology the fact of committing their time and and um, sharing feedback for the presenters on what they like and what they don't to me, that means they're a good target, a good prospect. Of course, if you can get on stage and have them on a panel, that would be ideal perhaps. But if you can't or you're not, I would certainly reach out to them through traditional methods. Ideally, I get a referral to one of them. You know, look who, if you can find out, usually it's not too hard to find what systems they're using. I know one of the first ones that I got RollPoint signed up with, uh, the gentleman there is, uh, is not there anymore, but I think it was Informatica, Hmm. just for talent acquisition he had 32 hr tech systems in house just for talent acquisition unbelievable but that again and he added 33 <laughs> maybe bumped one off i don't know <laughs> you know so they tried rollpoint they liked it and quickly became a first client became a testimonial and of course that's what you need to sell more to others is right references and case studies and so forth and that's one of the key things we look at when it comes to partnering you know, the first thing a potential partner is going to ask, well, okay, who are your customers? And you know, how are you going to help us sell more of our stuff? So you got to be able, it's kind of a catch 22, but you got to be able to to land a partners harder than landing a customer because they already know the business. They know what they want. They know what their customers want or they have a better idea than the customers actually do. And then <laughs> they also, they also um, can ask the tough questions to the other vendors about their APIs or, you know, Funding or resources. So, to find good partners is not easy, and that's where we, of course, would help advise you on not just what partners to go after or which ones, but how and what you need to be successful in convincing them they need to bring you into their ecosystem and start cross pollinating. And that case study with those early adopters is huge because you can say whatever you want, you can have the greatest demo, you can have facts and figures even your investors will not impress them like a customer saying we've tried it, it works, and we're going to continue to use it. So that's true. what they want to hear. That's yeah. what they want to hear. So that's, that's one of the advice and how to find them. And, and you know, uh, again, if you have current partners, ask them for introductions to some early adopter types that might want to try. You would think that, you know, when you sign up with a partner, they would be like, Oh, let me introduce you to all these, you know, it doesn't work that way. You have to ask if that's nicely. You also have to bring them deals. You have to bring them introductions. The more you do that, the more they're going to want to return in kind. It's just, you know, it's how it works.
1: It's almost like just good manners. Make sure it's a two way street <laughs> brings something to the party.
2: Well, it's, yeah, it's true. Absolutely. And, and it's hard because especially if you're a younger company, you don't have many customers to introduce them. But what you hopefully have are prospects I and mean, they'll take introductions to prospects as well. If, you know, if there's some sort of, uh, it's not just a name and an email, right? It's, it's an actual introduction that can go a very long way as well,
0: mm.
2: especially if it's vetted in some way for them. And that, that kind of circles back to what we're doing you know, at HR tech advisor, our consulting and advisory business can only scale so much. So we're taking some of our resources and, and package them in a way for self-service. And we've spent five years now building you know, a database and 32,000 some man hours to create with uh, our you know, co-founder Larry Cummings was running a boutique consulting firm as well. We got together and started building this blueprint for HR Tech Alliances as a platform for finding and managing partnerships. And basically it's our database, our CRM, that we've been curating over the past four or five years now. And we've got about 34,000 HR tech and service companies that we've been tracking, 55,000 plus curated vendor contacts, mostly executives, alliances, and product, very important to alliances, partnerships as well and then and then, the direct sales side and marketing that um, that make these things happen from a go to market strategy and and are often the the direct sales tend to be the recipient of you know the partnership leads and so forth so yeah, we've been pulling that together and and um have a private beta in place now where we're getting feedback from our advisory board and and this is interesting, I think your listeners may find this um kind of fascinating but as an advisory firm we have advisors too yeah and i don't know if you want to guess how many advisors that we uh work with on a semi-regular basis
1: i don't know are you talking about a committee or something
2: well yeah i mean well that's the right yeah Yeah, like our advisory board for example sure
1: what do they say the optimal numbers eight or something like that
2: okay yeah well that sounds actually about right from my past experience Mm we we currently have 12 on our advisory board and over the years you know we've, we'll turn some over and bring on new folks and so forth and we do have a few more coming on uh but yeah it's it, it's who are they it's great <laughs> it, I, don't mean but,
1: who, I don't mean names but what's the, what are yeah. they, what do they bring
2: oh well and they're on our actually on hrtechadvisor.com. you'll see the advisory board oh, okay. there uh people but you know from i'd say three quarters of them are in the alliance role at Major companies like Workday or SAP Success Factors, Monster, so forth and so on. Uh, and then we also have a few folks like the CEO for the Association of Strategic Alliance Professionals. And that association credentializes professionals and alliances. And other than my co founder of HR Tech Alliances, Larry Cummings, I, frankly, I don't know any that are in HR Tech or HR Service that have one of their certifications. It's not that they don't do a great job. It's most people don't know about it. And that's part of our mission is to help spread best practices amongst the industry. Yeah, And, and they've done it. They've done it mostly for other industries. So we're trying to bring those best practices from pharmaceutical life sciences, things like that, you know, to HR tech. And um, they've been, yeah, they've been a good partner and there's a, a wealth of knowledge there yeah. that can help people better understand what's happening okay. and what they should do.
1: So HR Tech Alliance is is in private beta at the moment, you said. That's Mm -hmm. uh, what a platform for finding and managing partnerships. So let's say I do go ahead and start my AI blockchain talent acquisition Mm -hmm. uh, employee engagement wonder tool. (laughs) How would I use the platform? Oh, this thing's going to sell like hotcakes, by the way. You should get in on the ground floor.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: We'll talk later.
2: <laughs> yes, you set up your own um, you know, private I, what's it, ICO, I guess. You know, yeah, ICO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, start printing money, right? Um, <laughs> so we are planning to launch this summer, and the current private beta has been giving some great feedback. But basically, there's three things that we're bringing to the market through HR Tech Alliances. And the first one's information. That's the database I was just talking about. We're also tracking about 800 events globally that um, the HR tech vendors go to and exhibit at so that if you're looking to go to market together, you can look at past events or upcoming ones and see who's going to be there. Then you can pick current or potential partners and have a better chance of of meeting them there or going to market together and doing some good stuff. So information, that's the first one. Second of three is connections. And the platform will help discover, I mean, you go to LinkedIn, you can do lots of stuff, right? To find if you know who you're looking for, it helps or what company that helps a lot. But even then it's still hard to tell, you know, who's the right contacts for different vendors or how do I reach them? Or, you know, they don't accept my LinkedIn invite, you know, what do you do? Right. So that helping make those connections with uh, a curated database with robust information about them and their their companies is is going to be huge and the third one is collaboration so in person we we have five partners currently with different conferences and events that put on hr tech conferences and they want their vendors to be able to not just stand there and sell to the buyers that are walking by but also connect and collaborate with each other so Typically they'll set aside a special room or area where we call it the collaboration zone. And that's where the vendors can get, connect with each other, learn from each other and also have a chance to perhaps either lead a roundtable topic about something that's passionate to them that they're passionate about, or sit in on a session. Like for example, a couple of weeks ago in Vegas at Unleash the collaboration zone we had hosted Um, three of their top sponsors there gave a session on how to partner with SAP or how to partner with IBM or how to, you know, Watson talent. And the, the other popular one was how to partner with LinkedIn. And, you know, there's some really, really good questions asked. And the, the great part about none of the conferences until we came along had content for the vendors. It's, hey, pay your money, get a booth, good luck, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and they can still do that. And that's great for the direct sales, but the indirect sales, that's where the collaboration zone, where you can have some one-on-one meetings and talk about potentially partnering or even meeting with current partners, make sure you have that face time to build that relationship or sitting in on some sessions where there's content that might be interesting. Like, you know, how to keep your project from blowing up when the APIs don't work, for example, or, you know, something about connecting, collaborating with the vendor community. And it's been really, really exciting and very, very well received by the vendor community. And those leading the sessions were thrilled to have the feedback and the chance to tell their stories. And, you know, without having to, re- without having to repeat the same story, you know, 20 times at the SAP booth, you know, Hey, we want to partner with you guys. What do we do? Yeah. Okay, hold on, let me rewind the tape. <laughs> Play it again. So they do it once at the table. Everybody gets to hear, it. they get they ask their questions, they get the and what was exciting and the whole great thing about collaboration is some of the the vendors, so like LinkedIn, for example, they brought two of their partners with them. Uh, Phenom People, Ed Newman sat at the table with them, and also Roy Bellotti from Smart Recruiters, two of their top partners that were there so that way the people around the table could ask them, you know, well, what's it like partnering with LinkedIn? How did, you know, how did it work for you? What do you recommend? What mistakes did you make?
1: That's a great idea.
2: Yeah. And it's been, it's been super. And that's, that's part of what we bring to the community. That's what we, uh, that, that's part of the mission for HR tech alliances. It's not just about a platform. It's also about that face to face connections and you know, that's huge because things go faster. You build that trust that's needed to either create or improve your partnerships, your current ones yeah, by having some face time and the opportunity to connect in person.
1: Oh, definitely. Much better performance from a, a conference when you've got the people there and you can actually ask questions and see them in the flesh. So that's great. You see so many HR tech companies and HR companies in general, but are there any that you think market themselves well and what is it that they do so well?
2: Yeah, I think the, you know, there's different channels as I mentioned, depending on like, and we're going to focus on the partnership side of things, but I think the best marketing still is that face-to-face referral from customers, and again, second, having partners introduce their customers, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's not the traditional marketing you hear about. We're going to have a webinar. We're going to do email campaigns, or you know, inbound, whatever. And that's all great, but uh, you know, that's our focus is really helping connect the the partners so they can refer more business to each other. And, you know, in terms of that indirect sales and and partnerships, I think uh, having that opportunity, one of the things we're working on actually with some of the conference groups that do like to help the vendors connect and collaborate is a partner pavilion. So I mentioned that marketing development fund. So you know, instead of saying, "Well, here's some money for your own booth. Make sure you bring people by our, you know, our booth and introduce them to our salespeople." Or whatever, they might have um, kind of a pavilion, just like a startup pavilion, except it would be theirs. So, so it would be, you know, the Oracle Partner Pavilion or Avenue, and they would cherry pick some of their ideal partners. And these kind of things are happening already at the user conferences and some of the some of the vendors they they go to more user conferences with their partners than they do go to these bigger regular conferences and that that's fine. And that's great, but why not do both? You know, so that's part of what we're working on now in the industry is helping the vendors that have an ecosystem, bring their partners in, keep them close to each other so that cross pollination can happen. And, you know, you want to be part of that. So I think the best investment in marketing would be to, to work with some of your partners to, to figure out how can you get together and support each other at some of these events. And if the conference organizer doesn't seem to be terribly receptive to the idea, you know, have them reach out to us. We'll, we have some great packaging that can make that work more easily. We have the database to help them identify who are their partner clients, because most people don't want to give up their client list, you know, to their partners. Say, here's the list, (laughs) right? Uh, You know, go invite the ones that, you want or whatever, but uh as a neutral third party, that's something that why we're launching the platform is also is to make it easier for them to identify mutual clients that they should be inviting to particular shows and so forth so they can, you know, maybe it's just taking them out to a, a dinner, right? Hey, this yeah. is our mutual client or mutual prospects, or both ideally. Um, or bring them to the partner pavilion and you know treat them like a VIP. And that's, you know, so that's absolutely, that's what we're doing.
1: That's one of the best ways, isn't it? Start a deal happening beyond just giving them a free t-shirt at the stand is to, to get that dinner or something away from the event. Um, oh
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, you could have reception or, you know, something special for the VIPs yeah. if they're part of that. Very that group true. absolutely
1: the hr industry continues to evolve at a rapid rate what change and challenges do you see now and in the future
2: well the yeah the future hold on let me dust off my crystal ball here <laughs> you know as i mentioned earlier having been in the space for almost 30 years i've seen every pretty much everything come back around that you know had been tried or either failed or too early or whatever so one thing that continues though, and I think will continue to escalate is the proliferation of startups with especially with you know this sexy tech like you mentioned you know AI machine learning that kind of stuff is kind of the buzzwords now, mm-hmm. whether they have it or not they, you know, they may be using it i mean there's been it's funny some of the the folks like Michael moon and others have kind of walked the aisles at trade shows and, and documented, you know, what is, what's the buzzwords this year, for example, based on like what's shown on the displayed cases and so forth. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be engagement and then, you know, texting, chatbots, AI, you know, it's so Agile. it's always something yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think, um, the future in my book, because there's already, in our estimate, we're only tracking 45,000, but there's got to be at least 60,000 HR tech companies out there because we're finding new ones every day and stumbling on them, frankly. But so you know, how is HR ever going to figure out, even if they know what they want or need, how are they going to figure out what to go with? It's, it's it's so much work, so hard. So I hinted earlier at like solution stacking as an approach that's already being done but taking it to the next level and having third party experts like chefs for example again chefs that are well known for what they do creating delicious food they can collate delicious recipes of hr tech solutions that combine perhaps best of breed with maybe some you know core components or suppliers whatever the recipe that makes sense based on again their geography their industry their size maybe their budget or you know those kind of things it's really hard but i think that's the future in my book is independent solution stack managers that are going to become consultants and advising the, the the buyers on how to make great tasting recipes and you know they may have a cookbook they can say well you know We can go through an RFP. Uh, Who wants to do that? Nobody wants to do RFP. All right. Yeah. Go through that cookbook and say forget about RFPs. If you're looking at certain things, you know, here's here's some that have already been put together. They taste great. As your expert chef, I can recommend. You know, you don't want celery in the soup. All right. Let's substitute and put sage or you know something else. Right. And That, in my book, that's the future, is uh, relying on experts to create solution stacks for the employers, and that's, I think, going to be a a booming industry in the very near future. That's
1: really interesting, and that, I'm sure, already happens in other industries in other ways, so nothing new, but it's not happening yet.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, in some of these API companies, you look at Zapier and, you know, those, if this and that and so forth. They're trying to handle the tactical stuff. And, and then it's interesting to watch them start to move into trying to be more strategic. And, you know, they have these, some of them even call them recipes, right? Yeah, they do. You know, it's, it's a pre-baked kind of can't mess it up, you know, kind of uh, cake in a box stuff, I guess. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm not a cook or, you know, sh- yeah, I think that's what you're going to see more of it. And then maybe it'll be a combination, you know, some of these consulting firms partnering with Zapier or something to, that takes both the, you know, the ingredients, but also, you know, does it have to be heated to 350 and you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's complicated, but I think it's, in terms of the future, there's going to be more and more startups. It's so easy to start a tech company nowadays, and especially in recruiting. The reason there's so many, because everybody that uses the tools go, "I can do better, right? I'm going yeah. to create a better ATS." Recruitment is exactly, broken. Exactly right, and and that's fine. It's uh, you know commend them for trying, but don't make the same mistakes everybody else did, and certainly don't try to do it alone. Yeah, and I think that's my recommendation. That's good advice.
1: Do you have any? tips on interesting people or websites, tools, podcasts, books, whatever, that HR businesses can use to grow faster?
2: I mentioned earlier about the association, Strategic Alliance Professionals. They have some webinars and so forth. That's one I'd recommend just as a professional, if you're trying to better manage or better grow your indirect sales channel, which again, if it's anything less than 30%, you're probably missing out on a major chunk of of revenue, mm. so they they can help you understand the the fundamentals and and how to optimize things. And again, learn from other industries. It's not you're not going to find a lot of, unfortunately, not yet <laughs> find a lot of good examples mm. in our space. Uh, in terms of how to work with influencers, for example, one of our um, partners. At the HR Tech Summit last year, Brad Sutton was with the different companies now leading up uh, the HR.com's uh, sales and community side of things. And he had ran a roundtable session on how to work with influencers and had invited, besides himself as, a, as an expert, he invited William Tinkup and Sarah Brennan to share some tips and ideas and thoughts about how to, and of course, how not to work with influencers. And it was fabulous. Uh, so good that um, Peter Clayton from Total Picture had captured it on a podcast. So if you if you look for how to work with influencers in totalpicture.com, you'll find a couple, a two-part uh, podcast actually on that. And I, when I listened to it, even after 30 years in the industry and working with influencers and being one, I, I picked up a few tips and i was like wow this is awesome <laughs> this is really good so yeah. highly recommended and um, of course you know get morehrclients.com is where i would go to <laughs> to get great podcasts and things like that
1: Checks in the mail
2: there you go
1: <laughs> that's excellent look you've given us so much good information there and if people want to find out more about you and, and about hr tech advisor what's the best way for them to do it
2: well certainly hrtechadvisor.com and check out what we're up to and so forth. If, in terms of reaching me personally, I'd recommend LinkedIn. And please send a personalized note. I get a lot of invites from all kinds of people. But uh, if, if you mention, particularly mention this show, and that will certainly go a long way to ensuring our connection and collaboration. And if there's a way we could certainly help you grow your indirect channel and grow through partnerships and alliances that's what we're here for
1: so everyone listening i highly recommend getting in touch with ward and do check out hr tech advisor because uh, they know their stuff ward thank you very much for your time it's been excellent so thank you again
2: my pleasure thanks for having me and i look forward to hearing the other podcasts you're going to be capturing i'm sure they'll be outstanding
0: thanks for joining us today on a better hr business the podcast that explores the world of hr consulting and hr tech businesses For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.